Hello, guys. Welcome to a new episode of A Day With. I'm very happy to be speaking today with Christy Castleton, founder of Rebel and Soul. Christy and her team produce highly memorable events for global brands by incorporating the latest event technology. Brands like McAllen, Heineken, HSBC, Chanel, and Land Rover trust Rebel and Soul to produce innovative events and unforgettable experiences. So Christy, thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. The sun is shining here. You're How are in you? London. I'm in I'm in Singapore. So I mean, with this current situation, we had to do this virtually, but I appreciate you taking some time. Yeah, well, maybe we'll just get right into it. And now you had that question because you're in events. So how have you guys been coping with your events through this COVID situation? Well, uh, it's been tough, but um, actually we've had some amazing learnings come out of it and uh, we've got new skill sets uh, because we've had to adapt. Uh, you know, predominantly we were more of a live events and experiences agency going into it. Yeah. And um, we now have come out of it uh, being actually a full service uh, marketing agency we do much more in the digital marketing space, um, obviously virtual experiences now. Um, and, you know, we've just pivoted and had a lot of fun with it. You know, we now do a lot of branded content. And so actually it's been uh, a horrible situation, but with a silver lining for us, yeah. which is great. Good to take those as opportunities to innovate and yeah, like you do, do another business line or, or something different, but you were mentioning about experiences and, and so I, I know you referred yourself as chief memory maker. So tell us a little bit about Revel and Soul and what do you guys do? Yes. So yes, my title is chief <laughs> memory maker. And uh, we talk about experiences in terms of the memories that they generate and create um, because we believe that we are literally our memories. You know, we're the memory of every experience every interaction every learning everything that we've ever come across in our life has formed or the, the important ones um the you know the, the emotional ones have formed memories and so we always strive to create more positive memories for people out of our experiences and we do this by, uh, by actually applying a neuroscience methodology to everything that we do um, I'll tell you why shortly, but okay. we uh, look at how to really kind of drive attention so that people are actually, you know, really focused in on our experiences, how to hold that attention and effectively um, hold it and, and uh, generate lots of emotion around it so that the brain thinks it's a super important experience and banks it as a memory. All right. So do you come from a scientific background or from the events industry or how does this started or come about the idea? Uh, no, I can honestly say I was allergic to science at school. Um, <laughs> I literally didn't like it at all. And I have had to eat my words because I'm now utterly fascinated by it okay. um Look but it all came through never. <laughs> yeah exactly right um but it all came through um something else actually that was a tough time uh, that had a silver lining unfortunately about probably about 12 years ago now I got diagnosed with a neurological and muscular disorder mm. and effectively that left me asleep for the best part of two years 
and they didn't necessarily know exactly what it was um, and I had a very slow recovery and they effectively told me that there wasn't actually a cure for for what I had so I was left or just like I was totally conscious just couldn't stop sleeping I was absolutely um, exhausted and when I did move I had a lot of pain and movement because it was very muscular too so eventually when I started repairing a little bit and, and sleeping a little bit less I had um, a, you know a little bit of um, time and I started trying to read up right you know when you when you're not well the, the only thing you're focusing on is trying to get well and so I read everything I could get my hands on to do with like mind and body and uh, how I could maybe you know try and find some way to improve myself and my health and luckily at the time there was a lot more neuroscience and cutting-edge technology and they put the two together and they were able to look into people's brains and understand them more and effectively what they learned some brilliant brilliant scientists um, mainly over in the states learned that you could um, affect the brain later in life we thought as adults, you know, yeah, you can change your brain set, much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. It turns out we can, which is amazing. And so once I knew that, I um, explored it lots more and I understood and learned how to change my brain. And effectively, I taught, taught myself how to get well again. I taught my brain how to get well again. And it's those same principles that we apply in what we do, because when I did get well again, I was like, well, how long did it, if you don't mind me, like how long did it take to learn again and, and teach? Your I was friends? probably researching and, and working on myself for probably like three to four years. Wow. Um, so it was a long journey, um, but an amazing one. And I learned so much. Um, and it turns out, you know, the, the beautiful thing is anyone can do this. Um, we can affect our brains. And so we, uh, have sort of wrapped all those amazing principles I learned about to, to change my own brain and um, apply it to what we do so that we can enhance people's memories for good. And the experience. So in short, let's say you can make an event or any advertisement or that your campaign that you're doing in a way that it uses some type of technology or some tools that people can remember better of that experience or, or have like a better experience that I'm, what I'm getting yeah kind of exactly so you don't luckily you don't need any tech or tools for it so effectively the way the brain works is that um, in order to remember something after the age of 25 because under the age of 25 we pretty much absorb anything that you know we're, we're programmed to learn because we need to as children but after the age of 25 it's hard for us to, to, to learn. So after 25, we actually have to um, trigger certain um, uh, chemicals in the brain in order to say to the brain, hey, you need to open the gates for memory making. Oh. So what we do is we design our marketing and our experiences so that they open those gates mm. for memory making. I love it. It's something new, at least to me, to hear this, especially I used to do events. And so let's say prior to COVID, when you were doing these big events for those brands that were doing maybe activations for products or how how is a day in, in your life? Quite hectic. 
I think on Google, uh, event planning comes out one of like the most stressful jobs in the world, like, you know, one of the top five, I guess. Well, it's it's certainly not a patch on anyone in the health industry. So I, I salute them right now. But yeah, we I think events and, and anyone in our wider kind of marketing industry, things move really fast, especially mm. in an agency world. So we work on, number one, a number of different clients at any one time. So you've got to have a, a brain that can look at, you know, sort of compartmentalize working on perhaps three or four different projects at once. Right. Within those projects, there are probably a number of different deliverables. You know, we might be looking at creative concept for one of them and at yeah. the same time looking at more of the kind of detailed activation for the next so your brain's got to be quite flexible and you've got to be okay with multitasking basically yeah. uh, so you know we have a lot of detailed deliverables I would say in that I think probably the best way of explaining it is you know a lot of people have, have perhaps organized like a big wedding or a big you know monumental birthday mm-hmm. the level of organization that it takes is effectively what we have to do for any single one of our activations and then around that of course you've then got to market that activation create all the messaging and design everything so it's you know we kind of basically like we're creating you know 10 weddings at any one point and and the pressure because yeah at least you know obviously it's your wedding you put it on you know what you want but when you're doing it for a brand it's also the client you know might have last minute changes and then you're there in the middle trying to have everyone happy Um, exactly yeah and there are always a lot of changes (laughs) yeah exactly so you know we're we're so lucky like we do we've toured a lot so we've got to go some amazing countries do some amazing stuff and um, and actually, if you're in Singapore at the moment, one of our, like I could just mentioned, we've got a retail experience at Raffles, which is the Macallan, um, yeah. you know, the whiskey. I've heard, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's ours. So we designed everything for that. We did a few different things. I mean, obviously it was meant to be a, more of a brand experience and it turned into more of a retail experience because that's all you can have right now. Yes. Um, that's going to be, it's, it's pretty cool. So you get to do a, like a 20 minute tour learning about the McAllen, but in a very experiential way. There's a film that we've created um, and we pair, it's the world's first uh, sensory pairing film. So basically you paired, we paired film to tasting of the whiskey. So um, I, w- I don't want to tell you too much because I'll uh, ruin it, but um, yeah. Is it like you go there for a tasting type of session? So it's a boutique cinema, um, which has been fitted with kind of state of the art sound and different technologies and stuff. And um, you sit down in the cinema, watch the film. And as part of the film, you're prompted to taste a few different variants of the Macallan that are sitting there in your, yes. And it's true stories of real Asian heroes that we found in, in the film to inspire people and that's just part of it and then there's other bits and pieces to the experience too to kind of tell the stories okay i'm sure i'll I'll check it out being able to adapt a lot and i think we'll get into more of exactly how you plan those uh campaigns and events because i'd love to hear you know one of your experiences but uh in general let's say for the events industry what's one of your favorite things about this industry or this business i think it's just amazing being able to see the finished product 
you know, I think there's so many people who are in industries that perhaps they're um, they're part of something, but they never get to see you know, the end piece or, you know, we get to see these amazing looks on people's faces when they get to experience really fun events or, you know, when they get to see something pretty cool. And, and I think just to see their faces light up is. But I mean, I wonder if you actually get to enjoy it because I'll be exhausted. <laughs> I, I, you know, the day before, the night before, I'm sure you're late night working hours trying to finish up and then the day comes, but hopefully you get to enjoy a little bit of it too. Totally. We, we run on adrenaline, I think, for about the <laughs> two weeks prior to every experience. And then I'm not going to lie, one of the nicest things is, you know, sitting down, having a drink after it's over. Yeah. <laughs> but there's an amazing sense of um, kind of collaboration and, uh, you know, there are so many moving parts to some of these experiences. To, so to be able to appreciate the whole team together afterwards, you know, when with the clients often, which is lovely, right. um, and you get to relax with them and, and uh, all uh, be elated and breathe aside really and then say let's on the other side because that's fun and that you know it sounds like you're you know going to events and meeting people that sounds really nice uh, but on the other side of the coin let's say what's something that comes with the job but maybe you don't enjoy that much and- yeah, I mean there is a lot of planning you know you never work on version a it's kind of version s you know t by the end so it's there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of attention to detail. <laughs> I actually love, funnily enough, I'm, I'm a creative that loves the financial side. So the budgeting, I adore. Really? Yeah, which is, which is quite funny. But I'm, I'm not quite so keen on the negotiation part. Like that, you know, the, the hard confrontation, trying to juggle lots of prices and get the best price for the client. That's not my specialism. But luckily, I've got an amazing team who are brilliant at that. When, whenever you need to buy things for your event, you're saying like, uh, find exactly. the best deals, prices. Okay. Yeah, we work with lots of suppliers, you know, on any one uh, campaign, we'll probably have like 20 to 30 different suppliers. Some of them will be trusted faithfuls. Some of them will be completely new because we've created something one of a kind. Yeah, it's a, it's that's a another of- added stress because if you're, you know, having a new supplier and then they don't need X think by by a certain deadline and they don't deliver, then what you do? Oh gosh, it's strangely addictive. I think this um, role. I think so many people that go into um, marketing and events, you know, have that personality where they love the fast pace. They love the change and they thrive on it. And it's about how you react to it. And 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 it's being able to you know overcome things. We're pretty good at pulling rabbits out of hats when we need to. You know, it's yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I think ev- the events industry is definitely for people that are okay with change. And it's yeah. just so funny you're you're you've said about planning so much, but I think you can plan as much, but then it would always change. I know, I know, but you have to plan for change. That's the thing. You have to plan and you have to have backups just in case things change and uh, rather than just uh, uh, let it happen. But in anything in the live space, you're dealing with people. And of course, people can make mistakes. You know, we all do all the time. Um, And you're dealing with technology. And we know that tech is not infallible. It's amazing, but you know, you can have uh, power cuts. You can have, uh, you know, glitches. It's uh, to plan for it all. And then so it keeps maybe- you on your toes. <laughs>
founded this company. You said you've been in Singapore now for a while. I think you told me for nine years. So out of this experience, I'm sure, you know, from your first event to now, uh, what is one of the biggest challenges you can recall? Oh, where do I start? I think it's been <laughs> <Every day>. full <laughs> of challenges. Yeah, but actually, you know, they're, they're, they're the best thing. You don't grow unless you're challenged. You know, we have a, a, a sort of motto in the um, company that failure is fascinating. And it really is because, you know, we all fail every day at things. You know, I don't think, I don't see failure as any negative. What it means is that, okay, it didn't work that time. So I'm going to try it again. Uh, some you know a different way when I first started the company I was so brimming with these ideas and I had so many amazing experiences from my time in Europe experiential wasn't really a known kind of medium in Singapore at that time it was more you know classic events and conferences and things rather than real kind of brand experiences and so I'd walk in and I'd pitch to these people and they'd be like, wow, that's amazing. You know, the, the, these things look so cool. That's too much for us. We couldn't possibly go there, you know? Oh. And, I, and it was almost, and so I wasn't playing to my audience at all. Mm -hmm. I was wowing them with these brilliant things and they thought they were amazing, but that they wouldn't work for their brand or, you know, that it was too much for them to consider. Like for so, the budget, okay. like they weren't prepared. Not even for the budget. I think it was like, wow, that looks really good, but it also looks really risky because oh, okay. we don't do that here, you know? Can you yeah. tell us, I mean, I just want people to imagine a little bit more of your events, like something that it's too much looked like, or maybe if, if you share with us a little bit of your first events, what will you propose? Why would people be like, no, we actually just want something more normal? And so, for example, like we'd have sort of dancers suspended in uh, huge oversized chandeliers, but the dancers would be upside down and they'd be serving cocktails, oh, wow. you know, and um, then they'd set things on fire and, and they'd flame the cocktails for the crowd below. And, and that was a little maybe step too far. I had uh, done, uh, you know, drive through art galleries for example, you know, um, created a game that would effectively um, electrocute people slightly um, in order to, for them, them to up. then win something. <laughs> oh. No, for them to win something. It was like a, a prize game type thing. And it, it's a really popular game in Europe. And so that wasn't received too well. But we're huge on, on first trying to create um, experiences that people would never have seen before because novelty is such a big factor for our brain. Our brains love new and novel things. So that's why we always propose something a little bit novel. When you do like something for the first time, that's the one you remember for long? Exactly. It could be even better, but it's not as memorable, like you said. I mean, I'd love to hear more about your events. Do you have a creative team or is this all in your head that, you know, all of a sudden you're you're coming up with these ideas? We have a creative team. Um, I, I have to say I'm probably responsible for more of the crazy ideas than some <laughs> of the team. I like to push boundaries. I like to see what's possible. I Knowing how the brain responds to new and novelty, um, spark curiosity, I'm always trying to create things that are, uh, you know, that little bit different. Bit how are new, you usually but, getting uh, inspired? Like, do you are on Instagram, like looking at ideas all the time, Pinterest, or less digital and more of like 
you know, you go into readings or I don't know, how do you get all these ideas? Um, it's a really good question. All sorts. Um, I don't have one medium, I think, that I go to that's my my thing. You know, I love uh, art galleries, especially ones with like huge installations and put the, there was a lovely uh, one in the Tate Gallery with huge kind of two people swing. There are, you know, incredible uh, uh, sort of experiences that a lot of the cities put on. And um, so I travel, well, used to travel quite a lot to, to get some experiences. I'd go to uh, something called the Consumer Electronics Show in, in uh, Las Vegas. It's an annual show where all of the latest um, technology and innovation is exhibited in one, one space. So then you get to meet the suppliers firsthand just as they're starting out and work with them on trying to bring some of their products to market through uh, some of our experiences. So that's an amazing experience. Um, and then, yeah, following different uh, artists and uh, creatives and just looking for ideas and just putting kind of different ideas together. And Do you have a notebook next to your bed and like wake up and write your dreams as soon as... I literally do, actually. Yeah, my therapist because has my... advice this to me. I think that's a great idea. Um, my that? best thinking, so actually from a brain perspective, some of your most creative thinking is when you are um, just coming out of a, it's like a theta brainwave into an alpha, which is effectively when we're in just about to wake up state, you know, and sort of snoozy, wakey, you know, we're still lying in bed. Um, or just as we're going to sleep. Um, and so that's when I do my best thinking. But good point that you mentioned about the art galleries. I did not expect that you would say that. I mean, didn't imagine at the beginning, but it makes total sense. I think before, you know, you go to museums and, and you would just look at art, like, the, you know, the picture there and you can analyze it. And artists have been giving us even more and more of this showcase when they do their collections. It's, it's more of an experience versus just, you know, this is what I painted. There's a lot of incredible 3D art out there now. So going to see some of that. And you're right, in fashion shows, like the, the, you know, when the designers are launching their collections, there are some incredible shows that they put on. Yes. Uh, so, They're uh, pushing yeah. it over. And technology. So talking, I'm not sure if you followed, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, there was um, a Louis Vuitton show here in Singapore where they did yes. it at the Art Science Museum, put everything green. So it's like the next level of it's not only our collection, new clothes and bags coming out. It's like such a cool experience, graphic. Um, the whole uh, Marina Basins was green from the outside. So you make it memorable because even I did not attend that. I was just walking. It's like, what's going on? And when I look at it, then I watch the show, you know? Anything unexpected. And we're like, tell me more, show me more. Um, and there, there are so many technologies coming out now that allow you to create kind of shows within shows. So, you know, using phones and tablets, you can actually give people two experiences, what they're actually seeing and what they're seeing through a phone or a tablet, which can be, you know, augmented in beautiful ways. So, yeah, it's, um, it's an exciting time. What has been one of your, you know, personal favorite events that you've done? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure if you can name I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because actually one of my personal favorites was also um, a bit, there were, there were lots like your best of, kind of ups, and, <laughs> ups and downs to it as well. So I had an amazing opportunity to do an event on Necker Island with Richard Branson, wow. which uh, 
number one, obviously, there's nothing bad about going to, you know, the Caribbean um, and basking in glorious sunshine on an amazing island yeah. um, or being around him. He's, he's a phenomenal inspiration um, with an incredible memory, by the way, think about memory making. Anyway, uh, what was quite funny is we pre-agreed that uh, we were going to do a parody, uh, a kind of tongue-in-cheek parody of the Princess Leia moment in Star Wars where she appears as a little hologram okay, okay? and sort of says, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, <laughs> a famous line. And we thought it'd be really funny because we wanted to entertain some, some dining guests um, if we, we did this, you know, and, and we did the low-tech version not much technology or power on that island um right. but <laughs> I was just I, going to ask how do you get that <laughs> to an island in the middle of nowhere totally um but we effectively had to do two things we had to uh, film Richard you know just reg in, in regularly um in his outfit saying his words and then we had to take that film and shoot it back to you know uh, ping it back to to Singapore to edit it into kind of 3D and, and, and make it, you know, sort of, sort of holographic, et cetera, before beaming it live on the night. I was told that I would be doing this filming on, you know, for example, like Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock and that was great, you know, so I was all prepped and ready and, you know, had the um, amazing uh, camera crew there and everything was ready. And actually um, I'm in one of his pools eating lunch um this is pretty incredible they serve sushi on boats in the pool and i'm sitting there literally eating lunch in the pool in my bikini and i get told the only moment you have for filming richard is going to be in two minutes like the other side of the island kind of thing so i'm out the pool i'm literally like grabbed a towel threw that around me, ran to in where I was meant to be in a bikini. <laughs> so professional, grabbed, of course. <laughs> totally. I know. Um, grabbed the, the lovely camera lady. And between us, we literally had, and he had five minutes slot. You know, this is a busy man. Five minutes slot. We had to get it right. I had to dress him. There's me literally in my bikini, <laughs> dripping wet. I had to oh, dress wow. him in a princess layer outfit. <laughs> Bun and everything. Uh, on his I'm head. just so like and shocked that he was like okay with. <laughs> he's he's pretty chilled. I mean, yeah. he, he I think he's done some pretty amazing and and unique things in his time. So he was totally unfazed by this. Okay, I, so however, you're... I was in a complete flap. Obviously, he was absolutely fine. The camera lady's also in a flap because she's got to get it right and she can only do a few takes. Anyway, long story short, it was. It was fine. He he did his lines. We had to do a few different takes. And I had to kind of, he was being a bit, you know, like anybody is when they first sort of see a script, right? You sort of just read it. I need to get him excited. So we, you know, I had to sort of like try and round it. to make it laugh. Exactly. Whilst I'm standing there in a, you know, towel. Yeah, you're you're still in a towel. <laughs> um, but anyway, long story short, we made it happen. We shot the film. We we and and the experience. Was yeah, really I cannot fun. believe you met Richard Branson. That's so cool. Do you know what? It was amazing, and I got to play tennis with him too. And um, that was the most scary thing in the world. I literally like I was on the toilet for about an hour before because I was literally like, oh my god, you know, like playing with you. Do you so we play against tennis, him though? first? 
in a very mediocre way. Yes. <laughs> like, but I hadn't really played in years and got thrown in there. So I played against him first. I think I beat him. Well, it wasn't. It was doubles. It was nothing it was to do doubles. with me. But yeah. And then I had a chance to play with him. And oh, my goodness. I was literally shaking like a leaf. It was just so How did you bad. meet him? Or how did he come, you know, across your contact? Um, so he runs lots of entrepreneur um, retreats on his island. So what they do is they um, have, I think it's about four or five entrepreneur companies who um, find entrepreneurs that want to go there. And um, he then runs some training sessions. They run some training sessions and it's all about kind of collaborating. And so he gets to see the next raft of entrepreneurs coming through and um, he imparts his experience. And you also get to work with Virgin Unite, their charity for a day and do some really lovely stuff with them. So it's a really nice way of getting business inspiration, meeting a whole bunch of other entrepreneurs, building a network globally and, and stuff. So um, I was part of one of those entrepreneur networks. And the entrepreneur company said to me, is there something you want to bring for the group? And I was like, well, actually, what I really want to do is do something with Richard. And she said, well, I can't promise it. But if you put it together a little video of what you want to do, I'll try and get it shared with him and get it approved. So, talking about just like talking speaking your mind and you know not being afraid to just like yeah well it was hilarious actually we um we dressed up our creative technologist simon in the same princess layer outfit that we would have put richard in and he's hilarious right he's got a beard and everything so he just looked ridiculous but brilliant and we got him to read the script and we filmed the whole thing and we said richard this is all we need you to do and because I think you could see it was quick and it was easy and it was funny. Yeah, we agreed. One of the cool things of doing something different from anyone that's doing, you know, something in your industry, you get to meet people like uh, Richard Branson and, and experience those trips. And it's like a cool job. Like you said, who wouldn't like to go the, to an island? The highlights are amazing. You know, we've met some, you know, we work with a lot of hosts, with a lot of entertainers, with you know, DJs, whatever it might be, and some incredible people um, out there, incredibly talented, and for the most part, super humble and, and re you know, really keen to work with you, which is amazing, um, which makes our job so much easier. From your first event in Singapore, because you're you're not from Singapore, so I, I believe it would have like the start of the word of mouth of you know people getting to know you to going to that high level investors or people or you know artists um, hiring you. What do you think was that one thing that got you into that level from when you started? I I, I don't know. I'd have to ask people. I think, but <laughs> if I was to guess, I think I perhaps because I do things differently. I mean, hopefully, you know. People have just had a great time at our events. But were there was there an event in Singapore that that was the one where others could, you know, see your work and then from there everything was just like a snowball that, you know, you got to be known? Actually, we yeah, we were very um, privileged to do some work with Dentsu and uh, we did some of their after parties for uh, the Spike. Um, festival which is an agency and, and brand um, festival of creativity 
Uh, so they run an awards show and we did one of the after parties. And that was pretty amazing because actually there were a lot of potential clients at this mm-hmm. event um, and it went really well. And so well, they decided to, to run the event for another few years, um, which was great. So that was amazing. And, and we create, created some bespoke technology for it and perhaps you know people had got to play with that and really enjoyed it I mean we we literally had people hacking the technology system when they got home from the party or trying to so I think they'd had some fun with that game and um, (laughs) yeah is this technology created in-house or how does that work or do you partner with tech companies um a bit of both so some we create in-house and the more should say like straightforward programming we can do in-house so we have our own registration systems and photo apps and voting systems and all that kind of stuff we can we can do in-house anything more complex we usually um, either bring in another kind of developer team or um, partner there are some incredible suppliers out there who are top of their game and so we'd much rather work with them and collaborate and create something um, brilliant together. Just because you, you have to create this technology is a little bit different to the normal events. Do you need more time in advance when a client comes to you and say, we want to do an event in three months? Is that possible? Or do you need like a six month, a year of, of planning? And the more time, the better. Uh, but we're <laughs> often not given that, um, you know, uh, the beauty of time. We, it completely depends on what you're creating. If it's, you know, a fairly simple app for a tablet or something, you know, it, it's fairly easy for us to create in within a few months. Okay. It's the testing, obviously, that's super important. Uh, anything um, bigger, more gamified would take more testing and more time to create. And also, you know, you really want it to be amazing. So the, the less you can rush it, the better it's going to be. And the more it's going to do what you want it to do. Um, so, yes, we, we love it when clients come to us and <laughs> they ideally, have long timelines. I would say ideally we do the, the timeline. Uh, I think we always ask for a, a three-month lead time for okay, an experience. Um, any more so would be quick. Even if, if it's basic technology, I mean. We're, we're pretty used to turning things around in a very short space of time. I mean, when there's no tech involved, we can turn events around. We don't like doing it fast, <laughs> but we can do it fast. We did one last year just before lockdown. Unfortunately, a, a brand couldn't um, activate in Hong Kong due to the difficulties there. Mm-hmm. And so they moved their um, experience to Singapore. We had two and a half weeks to create 11 experiences that happened back to back in like four days and so we didn't sleep breathe eat much but you know <laughs> but we did it but there was no technology involved in that one yes. um but, but yeah when there's tech involved four days of, of events yeah. so yeah in three months is the ideal <laughs> so, or, wow. or at least or you know the more time you can plan something the better yeah. it's the same with anything in life right I feel you're so humble because one of the reasons of your success is that if if someone needs your help, like, okay, we need this ASAP, you're still uh, okay with not sleeping and just being running around and putting it together and delivering a a good product. So that's so impressive, actually. I think, well, no one can say that they're brilliant at planning all the time. I'm the same, you know, I need things last minute and I have a lot of amazing people that help me to 
come up with things um, when I need them, when I come to them asking. So I'd much rather be the same. And I, you know, I was very lucky, actually. I, I grew up in this um, incredible environment of collaboration. My, my father was a vicar and we lived in the church house and people would turn up at our door needing help, um, assistance and stuff. And so, you know, I've, I've kind of grown up in that space. And the business is a socially conscious business. So for every memory that we create for brands, we donate memories of charities that need them. So it's... Um, and so, Christy, how do you see events in the future, especially after COVID? In your dreams, how do you imagine brands doing activations in the future? I think it's going to be a fascinating time because you've got people who are craving connections. We want to meet other people. We want to go out. We want to have experiences. We want to get back to that life that we had a few years ago. But there will be people that are cautious. There will be brands that are certainly cautious because do they want to be the first ones that, that go out and put their name against some of these events? I think the ones that do will have incredible success because there aren't that many experiences going on right now. People are going to love as long as they do it well and they, you know, there's safety precautions and you're very, I think, upfront about these are the COVID precautions we've taken and I think it's going to be an amazing time. I think we're going to see like another level of events. I think number one, a lot of people are doing, we're doing a lot of hybrid events right now. So we'll have a live experience, but a smaller one. And then we'll also amplify it on digital. Mm-hmm. And I think that's happening a lot, which is great. And it gives more audiences access to the content, which is brilliant. Um, so audiences that couldn't necessarily ever like the fashion live shows event. that are happening right now exactly fashion. yeah you know how many people got to see um any of the the, the london or paris fashion shows mm-hmm. very few whereas now the world is opening up to them so i think that won't change i think people will carry on streaming and and having a digital element which is brilliant but i think we're going to see experiences going to another level you know we, we really haven't had uh, life as we know it for the last few years and I think people are going to be more open to even crazier ideas and uh, newer experiences so I think we're going to see a raft of really interesting brands doing permanent retail experiences um, which I think have been working quite well recently we've got a retail experience live um, at Raffles at the moment mm-hmm. you know it's something that we could actually do during COVID you can have smaller groups coming through which is fantastic so I think we're going to see a lot of retail experiences and then you know what I don't think any of us can imagine what we're going to see next year assuming the world is safe and healthy again lots of people craving some super cool content and and uh, things to do what about let's say in 50 years uh something that you say this is something we can't do right now we don't have the technology this would be crazy you know but is there anything you imagine like oh, i don't know maybe 50 years ago people would be like oh 3d fireworks you know and now we we have them so something like that what do you think in, in 50 years it would be something crazy that you could see at an event gosh that's a really really interesting one to answer um I think we're going to see a lot more links to things like space. I think we're going to see some more activations coming out that way, especially if there's going to be space travel. You've got um, the likes of Virgin and beyond. Um, I also wonder if we're going to master sort of some sort of crazy teleportation or something. Um, Who knows? And so you'll be able to just 
beam yourself into any experience uh oh, that would be uh pretty amazing it's just cool you know some science fiction that eventually i think we'll be able to do all of that but we're all getting on board a little bit more and more i love to end always the you know the episodes with just quick answers the first thing that comes into your mind what has been the best skill that you've developed um thanks to the events production perseverance <laughs> i think just if you get a no don't take a no just say okay appreciate that that's not necessarily something you can do right now how could we work together so that we can make this happen you know when i first came to singapore a lot of my suppliers thought i was crazy and and you know i'd ask them can we create this and create can we create that and they'd say no and i'd be like okay so <laughs> how can we create it you know and if you had one extra hour a day what would you do with it <laughs> sleep more get some rest i think sleep more spend more time with family but um at experiences i think there's nothing better than obviously i'm biased but um, <laughs> to actually you know have an experience together and that could be as simple as just a you know a meal out or a, a walk or anything but um yeah family time all right another one here is a favorite place you've visited and not Richard Branson's island. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so completely the opposite. I would say one of my favorite places in the world is actually in Myanmar, um, in Le Lake. Um, it's a stunning um, lake that's fairly untouched in terms of tourism. Original tribes still live all around the lake and they trade with each other. So you've got the and they grow all the vegetables on the water. So they've got floating um, gardens and bake all the vegetables for all of the tribes. And then you've got amazing like silver maker and a boat maker and you get everywhere by these incredible like six meter long you know, um, boats. Beautiful. Oh, sounds very unknown. But it's, it's amazing. Like we get to, we're, we're so lucky. We've got to work on some pretty cool events like Heineken we toured um, to I'm going to say 12 countries, I think it was, something like 20 plus cities across 12 countries all around Asia Pacific. So I got to go to, you know, Mongolia, Myanmar, uh, Papua New Guinea, um, as well as the usual kind of suspects in Asia, right? Hong Kong, Japan, um, places. Like with Heineken to to do active, like the same activation and install, then take it out and install again for every city. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We toured like a kit. We did that for about three years. And we had um, the first year we did a Can You See music? Yeah. And we tested the theory by playing like six hours of vigils. And um, there was an event app. And you could basically um, track how hard people were moving, i.e., dancing, to the different visuals. Oh. So you could see which visuals they liked more and got them going more against the music and stuff. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff around it, but that was amazing. So we got to go to some incredible cities there. And then the following year was a collaboration with another agency in Singapore who built these four robots, which was pretty amazing. We, we sourced some amazing dancers to go inside the robots and we trained them. And these robots were interactive. So you walk, they walked around a crowd and stuff. And last one, of course, because you're a memory maker. <laughs> what has been your own favorite memory in your life? I have so many. Um, I've been very privileged. You know, I've got to travel a lot. I've got to meet a lot of amazing people. I think it's also 
the, the memories that I really love are the ones where I've kind of uh, achieved and feel really proud of what I've done as well. So I'd say some of the work that we've created, I'm super proud of the team and everything that they do. So I think the memories that I have that are the greatest is probably, like we were saying earlier, those moments where you're you, just coming to the end of the live event and it's gone well and and you can celebrate yeah when like it's done we did it and, and you get to celebrate with the team and your clients too celebrate everyone's achievement because it takes an army to put on some of these and you know the clients do so much work as well and um yeah it's time to to relax and celebrate so i'd say that there's some pretty good moments well, I can't wait for events to come back to live in general, but also yours and for you to come back to Singapore. Um, hopefully we can meet once you're back. Uh, but I appreciate, thank you so much for joining me here today on the episode. I love hearing about, you know, your company and what you've done and so cool experiences and, and memories <laughs> again. Um, so thank, thank you, you, Christy. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's been great talking to you today. All right, guys. Well, this has been all for today's episode of A Day With. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And for everyone listening, if you'd like to um, subscribe and get all of our episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can get every episode on, on Tuesdays. And also, if you would like to see behind the scenes and photos of our episodes, you can go to our Instagram account. It's a daywith.podcast. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs>